Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Trying to take my country from me. 
Robert Jones Situation Report Sit Rep Today's date once again December 22nd Already 2011 AD In beautiful Old Town Alexandria, Virginia Looking out My palatial villa Big giant Picture window Let's in far too much light But I Yeah but I can see from my window the beautiful Watergate Hotel right across the Potomac and looking into Washington, D.C. If I look over over this way, over to my right, I can see the Capitol and, and all that stuff. And it's real pretty, really pretty. I know there are a lot of folks who, who live in the area. Uh, and uh, this time of year is really cool because you get to see all the all the lights and all that, and even though we have um, we have uh, Ronald Reagan Airport uh, uh, just over over to the east of us, where airplanes are flying over, you know, pretty consistently, they fly right over the neighborhood. But still, it's a really cool place to to live. And once again, I was out strolling on King Street, headed over to Starbucks to get some coffee, and folks are still sitting outside cafes and restaurants with those heater thingies that look like giant metal umbrellas and they're having they're having dinner still outside with their damn dogs all right we have a caller already on the line so uh let's get that started let's get that started right away caveman's on the line but uh, oh wait wait before we bring caveman on let's go ahead and say we uh, announce what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Jimmy Carter Wishing a fond farewell to Kim Jong Il. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to talk about the wasteful spending. Uh, to, uh, uh, Dr. Coburn's uh, released his report on wasteful spending. We want to get into that a little bit, and we want to also ask the question: Is Obama the last American president? And then we're going to talk about poverty and dependency in America. And those are going to be the topics for tonight for this hour. But let's get started right away because before we bring uh, uh, caveman on the line. We have to go ahead and do our shout out, our Christmas shout out for President Obama. He has delivered a Merry Christmas to us all, and we would be remiss if we didn't play it just two days before Christmas because we won't be able to play it after Christmas. So I want to get this out of the way. I know I have a cool caller on the line, so we're going to get him on. But just before that, we're going to play this, and then we'll get going. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. On his first day in office, Obama gave to me a federal spending spree. On his second day in office, Obama gave to me tax cheating cronies and a bailout of AIG. On his third day in office, Obama gave to me 
Mars in the White House, quantitative easing and a free-falling currency. On his fourth day in office, Obama gave to me government motors, posthumous voters, scandalous payoffs, private sector layoffs, and my very own EBT. On his fifth day in office, Obama gave to me green energy. $4 gas, three years of economic gloom, and a tax on my Christmas tree. On his sixth day in office, Obama gave to me record unemployment, Libyan deployment, big note of drilling, illegal killing, and a lack of transparency. On his seventh day in office, Obama gave to me Double-dip recession, free speech repression, new world order, wide open border, and assault on democracy. On his eighth day in office, Obama gave to me socialized healthcare, corporate welfare, stock market tanking, printing presses, cranking, and welfare dependency. On his ninth day in office, Obama gave to me Oil-covered beaches, long-winded speeches, and a desperate craving for tea. On his tenth day in office, Obama gave to me Joe Biden gapping, world leaders laughing, and an end to civility. On his eleventh day in office, Obama gave to me Garoppolo shrilling, Chris Matthews running, Oprah endorsing, Damon discoursing, Alec Baldwin tweeting, George Clooney bleeding, ex-Beatle crooning, view lady swooning, more getting madder, more getting fatter, so I'm canceling my cable TV. On his twelfth day in office, Obama took from me the last of my liberty. Ah. It just warms the heart, doesn't it? Doesn't it do your heart good to know that your president, who's been in office just just over three years, has given us all of this? And still, he said during his Osawatomie speech that those damn Republicans want to leave us all to fend for ourselves. Well, let's go ahead and get our caller on the line, see what he has to say. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Oh, thank you very much. My name is Jeff, calling from Chelsea, Massachusetts. Hey, Jeff. And, and, um, you know, this is is a very powerful program. And and as far as Obama is concerned, as far as the poverty in America is concerned and where we're heading towards, I'm going to try and keep it very simple. Which is, which is, if you really want to know where America is going towards, look at South Africa under Nelson Mandela. Look at Zimbabwe mm-hmm. under Robert Mugabe. Look at Cuba under Fidel Castro. Look at Russia under Stalin. And the list goes on and on and on. This is, this is not going to end very pretty. And, and what Obama did is what every communist does, is, is, is he gets the people who are the poorest people to vote from and stir up the the racial class warfare, just like what all these dictators have done in the past, like Robert Mugabe. And what's going to happen is eventually the rug is going to get pulled out of the welfare system, and you're going to have racial ethnic warfare in the cities, and it will spill into the suburbs. If you want to know where America is heading towards, look at Zimbabwe, where they killed off the white farmers and seized the farms 
and 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 because Mugabe put his hacks in there, they he, those hacks could not run the farms in the country. Starved. I mean, I mean, if if you if you want to know where America's heading towards, look at the Reichstag fire of of um, of Nazi Germany. After that happened, Hitler passed the Enabling Act, and 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 you had the night of broken glass, where, where Jewish shops were were broken. But I don't think of Obama as Hitler. I think of Obama as a hardcore Muslim Kenyan Marxist who, who if he had his way, you would have a Yasser Arafat-style rulership in America. That's what he wants. He wants to, to do this. And and this guy is very dangerous. I mean, and this is not Republican or Democrat. Obama buffaloed the blacks, Hispanics, and, and other people to vote for him, and, he, and, and Obama's going to stab him right in the back. That's where this car is heading towards. The legislation is now in the books for, for Obama to snatch dissidents off the streets under the guise of calling them terrorists. All we need now is a 9-11 Oklahoma City-style event. Pick your target. I believe it's going to be one of the liberal bastions. I live near Boston. Um, that, that could be a target, along with any other liberal bastion. This is very depressing. And, well, yes. you know, I think a lot of people agree with you on that front. Um, a, a lot of folks believe that President Obama will be our last American president, and um, he will attempt to engineer a scenario whereby he can uh, he'll have the authority to uh, declare or, or the or, or the the the, um, law. the excuse to declare martial law and suspend uh, portions of the constitution and so on and and I think that part of his plan was to when when he started talking about fairness when he started talking about suspending or rather he you know he threw out these 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 uh these balloons these trial balloons uh i'd like to go around congress i'd like to do my own thing i'd like to be able to get around congress i'd like to be able to you know to bypass uh certain uh avenues but there's a constitution and we have a con- you know and and these little I things agree. he just kind of threw them out there and most and most people, because they've been dumbed down by our public school system, didn't get the punchline. Now, 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 let me throw this question out to the audience, which is, where is this car going towards? Is Obama going to be like a Fidel Castro and stay until he's about ninety years old, and then have his and then have one of his relatives take over after he croaks? Or will Obama be deposed in a coup like any other third world country? Or will Obama hand the country over to, to, to Russia, China, and Saudi Arabia, who he's loyal to, and stab his supporters in the back and, and so forth to commit genocide in this country like every other third world country? I believe Obama's a communist mole, a, a foreign invader, if you will. This well, guy is dangerous. Well, he, I, I do agree that he is dangerous, but but also um, what I, I have faith in in America overall because you know we were we we are a country that began uh, bred into us as Americans as as part of this country's heritage of being individualist. 
Well, that's true. And and, and also, uh, we we uh, I like to say that we're hardwired for freedom. I'm sure I did not oh, we are. that phrase. But, but I, have, uh, I, have a, I have a caveat. But I'll, I'll let you continue. But I'll let you continue. But I have a caveat. Yeah. Here's here's the caveat. It's people over sixty years old. The younger people are getting dumbed down and bred out as 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 the borders are wide open, letting letting everything in here. And 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 these studies have been done that by the year 2030, and a Harvard demographer said this, we will be an Afro-Chicano Spanish-speaking country. So so yes, you are right, but that's the caveat. I'll let you go. I thank you for having me on. Well, thank you very much for the for the call. I do appreciate it. Uh, that was a great call. You know, I agree with the caller uh, to uh, to a certain point. I do believe, and, and he's absolutely right. And he made a great point when he said that uh, you know the older of us, the old, the older, the elders of, of American uh, citizens uh, who remember uh, being able to pretty much do whatever you wanted within the confines of the law and being able to earn as much money as you wanted or as little as you wanted just simply being free was uh it was standard it was just the way to be but now uh the this administration has created a level of dependency on government such to the extent that a lot of Americans will believe that government is the only solution and it's a, it's a major reason why a lot of socialist in communist countries, dumb down any any religious leanings, any religious ties. Religious ties are important here in America, and they're important worldwide. But what happens when we rely on, say, um, just off the top of my head, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Um, well, then government is, um, well. Well, they were left out in the cold. So if we have no religion, if we are religion neutral, then government takes that place. Government steps in and they fulfill the majority of our needs. Not so much our wants, but our needs. Obama said in Osawatomie, Kansas, that the Republicans want to see us all fend for ourselves. And that and he didn't say outright, but he implied that Democrats, and especially him, want to look out for us. They want to look out for our well-being. They don't want us to have to, us to fend for ourselves. And Obama wants fairness. He wants those of us who make more money than others to pay more into the tax system so that he can distribute it as he sees fit. But when he talks about fairness, someone made a good point the other day, a good friend of mine. He said that, okay, if 51% of Americans, all Americans, do not pay any federal income taxes, then where's the fairness? When Obama touts this fallacy that uh, hedge fund uh, 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 hedge fund managers make uh, pay less in taxes than their secretaries, and that there should be some fairness, someone should ask Obama, well, what about those who pay no taxes at all? Where's the fairness in that? Why am I writing a check every quarter to pay taxes when there are people who are out making a living who are not paying any taxes at all? And I talk to people all the time 
who say, well, my tax dollars are going for this and my tax dollars are going for that, and I'd gladly pay more taxes, you know, to see things get done, and you should too. And I'll say, well, hey, did you get a refund last year? Do you get a refund normally? Every year, oh yeah, yeah, I get, I, you know, I, I, I do my taxes, I, I take care of my tax business, and I get, I do the, well, then you don't pay taxes because most of the time you're getting, if not all of that money back, at least most of it. While I, on the other hand, write a check to the government once every quarter, I don't get any refund. I lessen the amount of taxes I have to pay through uh, the very few avenues I have, but I pay. You get your money back, so you're not really paying any taxes. But people don't really want to hear that. Well, so we've got a nice little list here of some government waste. And I know you guys have heard about this a few times over the course of the last week. Example of wasteful spending, highlighted by Dr. Tom Coburn, MD, Republican, Oklahoma. 75000 to promote awareness about the role of Michigan the role Michigan plays in producing Christmas trees and point settles. Yeah. Seventy five dollars thousand dollars to prom- promote awareness. <laughs> okay. Fifteen point three million for one of the infamous bridges to nowhere in Alaska. Just one. 113227 for Video Game Prevention Center, for a Video Game Prevention Center in New York. $550,000 for a documentary about how rock music contributed to the collapse of the Soviet Union. Now, I guess that Ronald Reagan didn't have all that much to do with it. He just played some rock music. He played some Kiss, some Metallica, and they just simply collapsed. 350000 to support an international art exhibition in Venice. $10 million for a remake of Sesame Street for Pakistan. Can't they come up with their own Sesame Street episodes? They're all over YouTube. $765,828 to subsidize pancakes for yuppies in the nation's capital. I got no such pancake. All right. $764,825 to study how college students use mobile devices for social networking. And the list goes on and on and on and on, but we don't want to get too far into it because the numbers just start to jumble together and it makes no sense whatsoever. Melinda's in the house. <laughs> oh, is riding a, a horse owned by foreign whites. All right. That's the chat room. Uh, oh, and Caveman writes, who was just on uh, just on on the line, that uh, the older people will be killed off as a result of uh, our being um, all about freedom. So, hey, let's move on right now to the next segment, and you're going to love this. I know all of you have heard about it, but in order to do proper justice to this segment right here now, where Jimmy Carter. Wishes Kim Jong-il a fond farewell into the hereafter. We have to play this tune. We have got to start it off. we got to start it off right. Then we're going to get... 
<laughs> oh my God. We're going to get into it. All right. Dig it. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. You know you've done me wrong. You stole my wife and gone. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. Talk about it, Judge. Talk about it. I'm going to kill you just for fun, you rascal you. I'm going to kill you just for fun, you rascal you. I'm going to kill you just for fun. The bugs can have you when I'm done. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. Ah, let me talk about him a while. You asked my wife for some cabbage, you dog. I said you asked my wife for some cabbage, you old rascal. You asked my wife for some cabbage, and you ate just like a savage, you old rascal. <laughs> now there ain't no use of you running, you old rascal, you. Run, Flash. There ain't no use of him running, you rascal, you. Get your foot in get your foot you know you see you run, but I done went to the pawn shop and got my gun. You messed with my wife, you rascal, you. Yes, you messed with my wife, you rascal, you. You messed with my wife, now I'm gonna take your life. I'll be glad when you dead, you rascal, you. Let me talk about him again. <laughs> I'll be glad when you did. Uh, Louis Armstrong. I'll be glad when you did, you rascal you. Yeah. All right. The article by Janine DeAngelis. Uh huh. Jimmy Carter wishes. Ill unsuccess. The article reads, and let me go ahead and put it up in the chat room here so you can follow along because I think it is fantastic. <laughs> uh, it, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's just way too much. Let, let's go on, get it, get on with it. The sums in flowers, others cards. But after hearing about the death of communist Kim Jong Il, most of the civilized world breathed a sigh of relief. Yet. Ever a friend to communist, former President Jimmy Carter was duty-bound to send condolences to Kim Jong-il's heir, Kim Jong-un. Is that his real name? According to Korean, uh, a Korean news agency, Jimmy Carter sent condolences to the newly installed figurehead, Kim Jong-un. That's his name. And the Korean people... Over and to the Korean people of the demise of uh, leader Kim Jong-il. Carter wished Kim Jong-un every success as he assumes his new responsibility of leadership and said he was looking forward to another visit to North Korea in the future. After sending the communique, Mr. Carter did not expound on the every success comment because according to the spokesperson, he was out of the office until the new year. Yeah, he's hoping that one dies down. Can you imagine? 
a, a, a former president of the United States wishing a communist dictator who has starved his people into eating tree bark. Now, that whole that line about them, uh, 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 the Korean people breaking off tree bark from trees and boiling it in water and chowing down. That sounds like an, an over-dramatization, doesn't it? But let me tell you something. Having spent some time in South Korea and being stationed very much near the DMZ with North Korea, I can tell you the story is true. Folks in North Korea are starving to death. I'm surprised there's anybody left to rule over. For some reason, these folks just hang on still. So I think probably China's helping out a little bit. But pretty much, the country is starving to death. Pretty soon, there'll be nobody to rule over. But ever so that they hang on, what does Carter mean when he wishes every success? Of course, he ducked out, probably hanging out somewhere in planes trying to live this one down. The article goes on, it was not reported as to whether his Christmas disappearance had anything to do with a return trip to North Korea that Carter said he was anxious to make. So, you know, I guess we can look at this one or two ways. Carter wants to attempt to win the hearts or the heart and mind of a communist leader to attempt to persuade him to just do the right thing. Give your people some beans, some chow, something to eat, some hot water, some basic freedoms. Maybe he's trying to kiss Kim Jong's ass just enough, just the right way, so that he'll take the leash off some of his people and grant them some freedoms. Could that be the case? Does anybody think that that might be what's happening here? The article goes on to read, while it's so thoughtful of Mr. Carter to mourn with those who mourn, it would be interesting to know what the ex-president hopes on the successor will be successful at. Tesla's in the house. Is Mr. Carter hopeful that Kim Jong-il's son will thrive as he carries out his father's reign of terror against the North Korean people? How about being just as loony as the old man? Is Carter extending best wishes for continued brutal totalitarian oppression over 25 million people who subsist on grass and tree bark? While dear leader and his cronies enjoy the finest luxuries money can buy, often money given by the United States of America in the form of foreign aid to attempt to bribe North Korea not to produce nuclear weapons and then sell them on the open market. And we've got Tesla in the chat room continuing his war with sweet Melinda. They're like two kids on the playground, <laughs> and Tesla's pulling her hair, <laughs> and she's pretending that it's all good. 
I, I it, t- it takes me back to the playground. You dear sweet folks, calm yourselves. All right, um, back to the back to the story. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Carter visited North Korea twice. Once in 1994, soon after the death of Kim Il Sung, and again around the time of a huge famine. Of course, it was then that Nobel Prize. A Peace Prize winner Carter participated in brokering the Clinton administration's agreement to sign an accord with Pyongyang Jia to freeze the nuclear program, which they did not. He just gave them some money and hoped that they would like listen, and they didn't. At the time, North Korea agreed to dismantle its nuclear weapons program in exchange for oil deliveries and the construction of two nuclear reactors. The deal fell through. During the Bush administration in 2006, North Korea became successful at becoming the world's eighth atomic power. Fortunately, thus far, North Korea has only been successful in terms of delivering what has worked so hard to proliferate. But Jimmy isn't concerned about that at all. He knows the, that persistence always pays off in the end. You know... The word tired old man comes into play here. He's a tired old man. And you know what happens when our grandfathers, how we love so much, our great-grandfathers, or maybe that crazy uncle, just goes over the edge or gets really close to it. And all you can do is just shake your head and just... Bear the embarrassment of uncle saying some really crazy things. Or your grandfather, just outrageous. My grandfather, he didn't really say a lot of crazy things. Well, he did say that, well, you know what? I'm old enough to say whatever I want to say. And you don't really have any choice but to listen. But my grandfather, well, he used to just strip down buck naked and then sit down on a lawn chair in the middle of the yard wearing nothing more than a Panama hat. And he had some beverage in one of his hands. That's my fondest memory of my grandfather. But (laughs) Jimmy Carter, we could only hope that Jimmy would sit buck naked somewhere with a Panama hat on in a lawn chair instead of wishing dictators, brutal, brutal dictators, Every success, every single success. What the hell is going on? How embarrassing is that? Let's just go ahead and wish Stalin every success too. What would have occurred had when Stalin checked out a former president of the United States wished Stalin's um, uh, 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 successor every success? Or maybe wished Hitler's uh, Goebbels or somebody, well, I wish you every success now that Hitler's gone. I hope everything works out for you. It is bizarre on its face. Let's just wish you every success. Yes, please, Jimmy. Strip down buck naked like my grandfather. Sit in the hot sun in the middle of your peanut patch with a Panama hat on and some cold, frosty beverage, and pretend that you're fully dressed 
<laughs> just like my grandfather did. Instead of wishing an evil dictator's son every success, damn. <laughs> Let me go ahead, for those of you who do not have it, go ahead and put this in the chat room right now, once again. This is bizarre, but my girl Janine usually comes up with some really good uh, blogs here. All right. At the time, uh, uh, fortunately, uh, wait, wait, wait. Furthermore, in extending his heartfelt sympathy, Jimmy Carter avoided insult by not mentioning North Korean successes, such as launching missiles and reactivating its nuclear program, reproducing thousands of spent nuclear fuel rods, withdrawing from the Nuclear Proliferation Treaty, try saying that three times fast, or its continued floating of six-party talks and ongoing aggression toward both the United States and South Korea. Neither did Carter's every success message touch upon former U.S. Defense Secretary Robert M. Gates' 2011 prediction that North Korea was within five years of being able to strike the continental United States with an intercontinental ballistic missile. Always the consummate statesman in 2010 when North Korea attacked South Korea, a South Korean island, the rarely competent but always compassionate Carter said, he believed Kim Jong-il's belligerent and aggressive acts were merely designed to remind the world that North Korea deserves respect in negotiations that will shape their future. Tell that to all those folks killed when those missiles struck that island. He just wanted to remind the world. Jimmy Carter said that Il wanted to simply remind the world that North Korea deserves respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. With the military's decision to share power with Un, Carter's wish for every success could very well come true. Soon, if North Korea regains or gains respect in negotiations by finally attaining long-sought-after success in the form of rocket delivery system, or a rocket delivery system that can reach and shape further any nation it chooses. Great article by Janine. Janine DeAngelis in The American Thinker. Uh, you know, it's stories like this that really, really stick in my craw. And we're going to get to it in just a couple of minutes. But first, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Stay frosty. We'll be right back. Excellence in Broadcasting presents Liberals of Genius. Liberals of Genius. Today, we salute you, Mr. President of the United States. You single-handedly managed to choke all the life out of the world's greatest economy in record time. 10% unemployment. 
No one else could have apologized more, spent more, or built a rat maze healthcare system from hell that only the IRS could love. What were you thinking? Thanks to you, FDR will be known as a conservative, Carter will look presidential, and Joseph Stalin won't seem like such a bad guy. Joe was misunderstood. So crack open a good book, sit on your butt, and help your buddies with a snowball's chance in November. Mr. President, the one we weren't waiting for. What college do you dream of sending your kids to? Yale, Harvard, Princeton. Forget it. Those are the universities of yesteryear. The school of the future is COC. Community Organizer College. I'm a graduate, and I just took control of General Motors. And now I'm thinking of taking over Chrysler, too. Maybe. Or selling it to an Italian bicycle company, uh, I think. Want your kids to run a giant company or even an entire industry, like healthcare, banking, or insurance? Enroll him or her at COC, Community Organizer College. Do you want your darlings to have trillions of, of dollars of, of money to spread around? Apply to Community Organizer College. Our teachings are based on a major breakthrough in education. It's not what you know. It's what people think you know. At COC, Community Organizer College, we don't waste time teaching English, history, math, science, or business management. We teach cool. We teach pompous. We teach teleprompter. Doublespeak. Seducing the media. Community Organizer College. Where your kids can learn to run a company or a country. Who knows? Uh, maybe the entire planet. Community Organizer College. <laughs> Capacity is limited. Better act now. For an application, dial 1-800-ACORN-COC. It's not what you know. It's what people think you know. Please join the hit squad of dynamic radio hosts on Internet Talk Radio. Starting at 8 p.m., listen to The Situation Report with Dr. C. Robert Jones of Gojo Media. Doc Jones is a retired Marine officer and holds a Ph.D. in history. Come check out his show weeknight from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. From there, stay on board with the 2020 Network, alternating between G-Ski Rocks and his show, Live and Direct, and David Graham of Stay Mad Radio, taking you to bedtime with wit and wisdom and class and clarity. Join this nightly tea party family and bring your friends Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. What to do do, do, do on Friday? Well, keep your internet radio routine with Tesla's great show, Socialism is Not an Option. The Roundtable Roundup Edition, where you can call in and vent your frustrations from the week an open-line discussion where other radio hosts and listeners call in and let us know what's on their mind every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. All right, we're back but with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Steve Wynn. In the current political environment in the United States. Uh, uh, you watch television and see what's going on on this debt ceiling issue. Uh, and what I consider to be a total lack of leadership from the president, and nothing's going to get fixed until the president himself steps up and wrangles both parties in Congress. But everybody is so political, so focused 
on holding their job for the next year that the, the discussion in Washington is nauseating. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm saying it bluntly that this administration is the greatest wet blanket to business and progress and job creation in my lifetime. And I can prove it, and I could spend the next three hours giving you examples of all of us in this marketplace that are frightened to death about all the new regulations. Our health care costs escalate, regulations coming from left and right. Uh, a president that seems, you know, that, that, that keeps using that word redistribution. Well, my customers and the companies that that, that, for, that, that, that provide the vitality for the hospitality and restaurant industry in the United States of America, they're frightened of this administration. And it makes you slow down and not invest your money. Everybody complains about how much money is on the side in America. You bet. And until we change the tempo and the conversation from Washington, uh, it's not going to change. And those of us who have business opportunities and the capital to do it are going to sit in fear of the president. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to say that. They say, oh, God, don't be attacking Obama. Well, this is Obama's deal. And it's Obama that's responsible for this fear in America. The guy keeps making speeches about redistribution. And maybe we ought to do something to businesses that don't invest. They're holding too much money. You know, we haven't heard that kind of talk except from pure socialists. Everybody's afraid of the government. And there's no need, there's no need you know, uh, soft-peddling it. It's the truth. It is the truth. And that's true of Democratic businessmen and Republican businessmen. And I am a Democratic businessman. And a Rep I support Harry Reid. I support Democrats and Republicans. And I'm telling you that the business community in this country is frightened to death of the weird political philosophy of the President of the United States. And until he's gone, everybody's going to be sitting on their thumbs. All right. That was Steve Wynn giving his take once again on the Obama administration and the fact that folks are very much afraid of what Obama wants to do in terms of business and redistribution. But here's a story that I think you'll all be interested in if you haven't already heard about it. Police stop man for anti-Obama sign. And I find this to be completely interesting because when I was a young Marine, a young Marine officer, as a young second lieutenant, I was stationed at Quantico, Virginia, and I went into the small town of Quantico and I bought some Marine Corps stuff and I bought a, a particular bumper sticker. Now, mind you, I'm a young Marine. I don't know any better. I bought a bumper sticker that read, Kill a commie for mommy. That's, that's right, in the early 80s. And I proudly slapped that sticker on the back of my car. Kill a commie for mommy. And I drove around with that kill a commie for mommy sticker on my car for two years. And I got one response from my then brother-in-law who told me to take that sticker off my car and grow up. And then I got one more response from a young lady who drove by, passed me by on the roadway and said, I'm a socialist. 
she just kind of yelled it out her window at me. And uh, for two years, nobody bothered me. Can you imagine me or anybody else driving down the road with a bumper sticker that says, Kill a commie for mommy? Oh, hell no. No. So (laughs) this next story is interesting. Oklahoma City police officer pulls man over for anti-Obama sign on vehicle. The police officer officers who stopped Oklahoma City Oklahoma City motorist Chip Harrison and confiscated a sign from his car told him he has a right to his beliefs, but the Secret Service could construe this as a threat against President Obama, according to the incident report released a, uh, 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 like uh, a week ago, a couple of weeks ago. The sign, which read, Abort Obama, Not the Unborn, was returned to Harrison later that day. Harrison told the officers that his opinion of the words abort Obama meant impeach him. He told the officers he does not believe in abortion because he is a Christian. The Secret Service called and said they were at my house, he said. Harrison said, after talking to his attorney, Harrison went home where he met the Secret Service. When I was on my way there, the Secret Service called me and said they weren't going to ransack my house or anything. They just wanted to walk through the house and make sure I wasn't part of any hate groups. There it is. The beginning of the Obama dictatorship. Your right of free speech will be deemed a threat to Obama. Not only do you not have constitutional protection for free speech, but you do not have constitutional protection against unreasonable searches. That man should have filed a lawsuit not only against the police department, but against the federal government as well. Our constitutional freedoms will be ignored by Obama, and this is just the beginning. Political speech is protected under the First Amendment and is not subject to interpretation. One's opinion of free speech cannot be used as a basis against any others to pull them over, search them, or silence them. The policeman in question, who took it upon themselves to be the arbitrator of the Constitution, should be fired accordingly. Does anyone agree? Imagine a young Marine second lieutenant, just 20 years old, driving around for two years with a bumper sticker in the early 80s that read, Kill a commie for mommy. And meeting with just two forms of resistance, that of my brother-in-law, and of some errant woman who just happened to be driving past me and yelled out her window that she's a socialist. Now, once again, I ask the question, what would happen if I slapped that bumper sticker on my car right now and drove down the road? What would happen if I slapped a kill a socialist for mommy 
sticker on my car in this day and age. No, it wouldn't work. For one reason, because everybody knows Obama's a socialist. And then I would be pulled over because I'm threatening the president. Amazing, isn't it? Simply amazing. All right, well, we are running out of time, but I do want to get to our topic. The reason why, the topic for the show, which is poverty and dependency in America. And we had a caller on a little bit earlier, and he spoke to America's dependence and how, um, well, uh, let's just get into it. Immigration. Of course, Obama wants illegal immigration. Illegal immigrants will depend on the federal government for substance, for sustenance. Substance, too. If the federal government offers it, that's the whole purpose of the Democratic Party in the first place, to create dependence and embrace their own power. But think about what this means. The Democrat Party and its standard bearer, Obama, can only survive politically if millions of people depend on them for their livelihood, their food, their shelter, what passes for medical care, and education when run by the government. Which is the reason why Jesse Jackson Jr. proposed that the Obama administration hire, that the federal government hire some 25 million people and put them on the government's payroll at somewhere in the neighborhood of $40,000 each. Just employ 20 to 25 million people, that's all, to the federal government. He said it with a straight face. <laughs> it was clearly amazing. They mean well, don't they? The war on poverty that has so far cost $16 trillion has badgered America while achieving results exactly contrary to those intended. The lower class, black families, have been all but destroyed, with 70% of children being raised in single-parent homes. Millions of inner-city citizens have been sentenced to a lifetime of dependence and despondency. Their self-respect demolished, their spirit crushed by the culture of handouts. Meanwhile, the poverty levels have not budged an inch. If racist enemies plan to destroy the black community, he couldn't have come up with a more efficient strategy of achieving of achieving his objectives. And the deep thinkers who respond to this strategy, well, they mean well. Take, for example, our president, Barack Hussein Obama. Many blacks, some I know personally, believed that if they voted for Obama, that their lives would be made so much better. They would get a lot of free stuff. They would finally get the jobs they wanted, the education they wanted, the food on the tables. They would finally get to live like Whitey. Oh, and by the way, oh, Whitey would get their comeuppance too. That was all part of the plan too. So, I don't think that really worked out all that well. Because... As of this date, poverty level 
the unemployment level in the black community is hovering around 16, almost 17 percent. Higher than that of uh, the time of the Great Depression. But Obama has been president for three years and my own brother, my own brother calls me regularly railing about the fact that he doesn't have a job and Obama promised him a job. Yes, my own brother. He says that Obama promised him a job and that he doesn't have one and dude's been in office three years and he doesn't have a job. All right? So we're running out of time, and we don't really have time to get into everything I wanted to get into in this short one hour. But I do want to say this one thing before we check out for the night. What's up with that hideous dog that Obama took to the PetSmart the other day? That is a, a sissy's dog. I'm not going to say that's a gay man's dog, because that's what I started to say. I'm just going to say that that's a sissy's dog. That's not a man's dog. Come on. A lab, maybe. Okay? A Rottweiler, certainly. Dude, first of all, a real man doesn't take his dog to PetSmart. I have a Rottweiler. He weighs approximately 130 pounds. I am not going to be taking my Rottweiler to PetSmart. He will wreak havoc in that place. Not only because he's so big and ungainly and clumsy, but because there are other dogs there, and he's going to want to hang with them. He's going to want to, you know, commiserate with his with his kind, and it'll be just a really big mess. But Obama can sashay into a PetSmart with his sissy dog on a leash, and the dog is all well-behaved, and the dog looks like a hideous, weird-looking dog. And it's it's amazing to me. Would Vladimir Putin strut or sashay rather into a PetSmart with a humble looking sissy dog like that? No. This guy is an embarrassment from the inside out, from top to bottom. I am embarrassed that Obama is my president for dozens upon dozens upon dozens of reasons, one of which he has no hair on his chest. And I have never seen a man with no hair on his chest, never heard of one unless they took it off on purpose. And he eats snow cones and tasty treats. And he rides a bicycle built for two with a sissy helmet on and shoes that look like they came out of the early 1960s. The guy is a sissy from beginning to end. Yes, I'm talking to you, Mr. Obama. You are a sissy. My goodness, get get some hair on your chest, get yourself a real dog, and don't take the damn thing to the damn PetSmart. I, I go to PetSmart all the time, and I'm no chauvinist, but only the ladies come in with their dogs. I have never seen a man go into PetSmart with his dog unless he was taking his dog off to the side into the, 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 the place where they, you know, give them checkups and stuff. Or maybe a bath. But a real man puts his dog in the tub or in a wash tub in the yard and scrubs him down properly. 
It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed by this whole state of affairs. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Thanks for my callers to calling in. You guys are great. All the people who came in tonight, Beach Bum, Alexander Solo, 2020, all you guys are wonderful. Thank you for being here. Tesla's in the house. Melinda came in and gave Tesla a little grief, and I love it. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. Southern Sense is in the house. You got to help me keep the devil down in the hole because I tell you what, <laughs> it's getting crazy. God bless you all. <laughs> God bless you. God bless America and Merry Christmas. We're going to have a special show tomorrow night. Yeah, we usually don't come on tomorrow on Fridays, but we'll be here. When you walk to the garden, good night. God bless you. you got to watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon Walk the straight and narrow track If you walk with Jesus He's gonna save your soul You gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole He's got the fire and the fury At his command well, you don't have to worry If you hold on to Jesus' hand We'll all be safe from Satan When the thunder rolls We just gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.